0: How you doing, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Ready to Record from Blue Girl Studios, proudly sponsored by VFX Unleashed, powered by Amarillo College and SimCorp Productions. My name is Daniel the D3 Cohen, I'm your host, and I'm speaking to you from Blue Girl Productions' worldwide headquarters and studios here in my garage. I'm a 20-year-old aspiring musician, engineer, and producer, and like many of you guys, I make music out of my own home studio. You know, some of today's biggest hitmakers work from home studios, so maybe we can help one of you accomplish your big dreams. Now, before we get into the episode, I want to talk about our sponsor, VFX Unleashed, powered by Amarillo College and Semcor Productions. VFX Unleashed is a complete accredited online VFX school where you can learn how to have a career in the visual effects industry in classes taught by industry professionals. There are programs in all major aspects of VFX production and software, including Photoshop, After Effects, Maya, Nuke, Cinema 4D. Online, fully remote classes start every eight weeks, and a full VFX studio within Amarillo College's Innovation Outpost will open next year, which will have a state-of-the-art soundstage and motion capture studio. You can check out all that VFX Unleashed has to offer and enroll today at vfxunleashed.com. Thank you to VFX Unleashed and Semcor for being our very first sponsor. We are proud to have you. Now, let's get into the show.
1: Today on the show, we have something very special the long awaited NAM episode. Let's jump in. We are here at NAM 2022 with Dusty Wakeman, president of Mojave Audio. How are you doing today? Hi,
2: Daniel. Good to see you. I'm glad you made it down.
1: We're grateful to be here, and yeah, thank I'm you for your help
2: great. getting us down. It feels really good in here. Everybody's happy and lots of energy. And, I know. Yeah. I think everybody's just glad to see each other. Hey, man, it feels like NAM again. Right? Right. Speaking of which, you have a new product for NAM 2022. The MA37. So this microphone is David Royer's modern interpretation of the classic Sony C37A, which not everybody knows that mic, but people that know that mic, it's a beloved secret weapon workhorse.
1: Right, this is kind of the coveted thing for the
2: cult that knows who it is. Exactly, and that, was, that mic was mainly a west coast Phenomena. It came from Japan, but in, this, in terms of the States, it was mainly a West Coast, like the Wrecking Crew era, a lot of those records, a lot of Sony C37As. So David loves that mic for the headroom, for its ability to handle sibilance. It, it's really warm. All of our other mics are more like German-based designs. They're all David's interpretation, but they're all based on that school of mic design. Sony did something different and I I like to tell people it's kind of halfway between those and a ribbon mic. It's warm and lush and great at handling sibilance or cymbal shrillness or anything like that. Plus it'll just take a beating, ton of headroom. You could put it on a snare, toms, kick drum, guitar amps, and people are loving it. So we're yeah, we're having a blast with this mic.
1: Well, I know certainly a lot of the records that I
2: can think of from that
1: LA Wrecking Crew, Beach Boys era, that was all C-37s that I could think of. And certainly, certainly I was excited when you told me, you, when you were on the podcast you were telling me about this, because right. this was in, the, you had one prototype right. at an undisclosed location.
2: right? Right. Well, we've since launched the mic and gone public and uh, just having a lot of fun with it. And it's not—it's fun for me because it's different than our other mics. Right. Our other mics are Desert Island mics. You could take any one of them, leave it up every day and have it be your main mic. This is more of like a, a connoisseur grade. It's a special color that you break out when you want that specific thing, kind of like a ribbon mic.
1: Which David is very, very, very well. Think about ribbon mics. Yes, he does. (laughs) Just, just, just a little bit.
2: Well, he's wanted to make this mic for ten years, and we just finally got around to doing it. So we're having fun
1: now. When I think of David Roy I don't think of him as a, a guy like us doing bass and drums and electric guitars and things. He's very f- uh, folk music, classical, that sort
2: of thing. Right. He loves classical music. He loves especially like Eastern European ethnic music, folk music. He used to do dance he, when he was a teenager. He was in those dance companies. the i Eastern so European. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, David, in fact I've learned so much from working with David, his thing is is live, a stereo pair capturing a live performance, that's what turns him on. He's not into that whole like, okay let's get the drums and now let's overdub the bass. Right, let's put 11 mics on a drum. Right, he's like, let's uh, capture something with a pair of mics. So in his, I'm I'm
1: sure he would probably... Uh, have a thing or two to say, but in your approximation, what do you think his dream would be to put this in front of?
2: Oh man, I don't know, choir, an orchestra, a big band, any of those things. Certainly, when You'd he have was. We ask him that. We should ask because I don't know. That,
1: that would definitely be. Certainly, ahead of time, he was talking about how he enjoyed the C37A
2: on brass. Right. Oh, yeah. They're wonderful on brass because they smooth things out. Any harshness, you know, they bring for that.
1: I know personally I've been excited to hear this thing on trumpet because it is a naturally darker microphone. Yeah, it's
2: beautiful on trumpet. Strings, violins, anything that you want to kind of, as Ross Hogarth says, detoxify, it's it's a good mic for that. Beautiful. Uh, If you go on our website to the About Us tab and look at David, there's a little section, uh, I think it's called On Safari with David, and there's a bunch of his field recordings are on there of various different things from uh, like mariachi trios at Oliveira Street, to Indian music, to Eastern music, bunch of interesting stuff like that. You can kind of get a feel for what his passion is. Very cool. Well, Mr. Wakeman, thank you for being on. Yeah, always a pleasure to see you, Daniel, and uh, have a good show. Got a couple of rooms full of goodies here, so I'm anxious to see what you gravitate to.
1: Definitely. I'm here with David Royer from Royer Labs Mojave Audio. We're on NAM Day 3. How's NAM been for you?
3: Well, it's been pretty good, thank you. Uh, seems like, well, I've been doing NAM for uh, more than 20 years, and uh, needless to say, it's slower than I've seen uh, in my life, but considering the circumstances, I'm not going to complain.
1: Nor am I. This has been a really comfortable NAM. Now, you have a new product out, the MA-37, which came out just in the last couple of months. Um, and I've been dying to ask you, actually, since since I heard about it last year when it was a prototype. What was the impetus for your interest in the MA-37 design, and wh- where did your love of the C-37A come from?
3: Well, that's very simple to answer, actually. Uh, I was in my 20s when I first encountered a C-37, and... Uh, and it struck me as being a very sensibly designed microphone and uh, uh, it struck me as being a, a very intriguing thing to, uh, um, to borrow ideas from because uh, let's face it, with a U47 VF14s are damn hard to find and 6AU6s right. and, uh, in the uh, mid-1980s were readily available and cheap so I I found that to be very interesting, and then with the uh, with the circuit design with the C thirty seven A with it being a cathode follower, uh, you could dispense with the output transformer if you were uh, basically using a tape recorder like a Revox G thirty six or an Ampex. Six oh two dash two, and uh, getting rid of the output transformer would help you cut the cost tremendously. And at that time, uh, you could get the replacement capsules for an AKG C C four sixty. You could get the capsules for around a hundred eighty dollars each, and my first. Tube condenser microphones were uh, uh, built using those AKG capsules and uh, a tube circuit using a subminiature 5840 tube in a circuit that was uh, that borrowed heavily from the C37A, and uh, that was back when I was in my 20s. So the uh, the uh, the, the C37A design has uh, very very deep roots with, with me and I had used a similar electronic circuit in the uh, Mojave MA100 which was a very successful Mojave mic and I've used a similar circuit in the uh, the two Breuer microphones which also have a, a pretty enviable reputation and then Uh, And then, about three years ago, I had four Sony C37As turn up on my bench, and at that point, we uh, decided, hey, why not revisit the C37A, and then one thing led to another, and uh, uh, the result was the MA37. Gotcha. Now, you were building this in...
1: 2021, 2022 time in the last couple of years and obviously there's some differences between what's available now and what was available 30, 40, 50 years ago or even right after World War II when the C37 was starting to be developed in the 50s. What what electronics changes or concerns did you have when you were starting to design a recreation of the C37 circuit?
3: Well, uh, first of all, I decided I'd use an EF86 because they're in current production, and I've used EF86 tubes for years, and I knew that they were satisfactory for microphone use, and I knew I could adapt the Sony circuit to work with uh, an EF86. And the uh, building a power supply for a tube condenser microphone is uh, pretty straight across, and I did not bother to reinvent the wheel there, uh, particularly drastically. And uh, basically, what I did was uh, I had the uh, I had the Chinese factory send me a transformer, a power transformer, and uh, I cobbled something together and tweaked around on it until I was happy with it, and I. Uh, had the factory build it and it was pretty, pretty cut and dried and uh, as for an output transformer I, uh, I wasn't about to make one from scratch so sure. I, I, I got sample transformers from, uh, from several different sources and the, uh, the transformer that uh, survived the beta testing was a uh, transformer from Lundahl Interesting.
1: Um, externally, the MA-37 power supply is rather different from what you'd ship with an MA-200 or 300. Internally, how much do your power supplies share between the MA-37 and, say, the MA-200?
3: Uh, well, the, the short answer to that is that uh, the, uh, the MA-37 power supply has the output transformer for the microphone in it. Because that was the approach that Sony took with the uh, C37A and and I've done a similar thing in the past with other uh, microphones that I built where the the tube was being used as a cathode follower and I was running the signal unbalanced to an outboard output transformer in order to save space in the microphone and uh, beyond that. The uh, the power transformer for this MA37 is a heftier transformer than the one for the other Mojave microphones because uh, the uh, current draw for the tube is slightly higher. Mm. And I, I figured I'd rather have an overbuilt transformer for the MA37 than to have one uh, right on its ratings and then beyond that the uh, the the resistors and capacitors are pretty pretty straight across uh, the uh, the power supplies among the various Mojave microphones are not identical but basically with the power supply in a tube microphone you've got a power transformer that gives you a high ac voltage for the plate supply and then a low AC voltage for the uh, tube heater supply and then you rectify those AC voltages with diodes and then you uh, have resistor capacitor networks to to smooth out the ripple and uh, you you can use any of a number of different combinations of resistors, capacitors, chokes and perhaps uh, uh, transistors for voltage or current regulation and uh, as long as you sit down and uh, uh, do the uh, do the arithmetic and uh, design a uh, uh, supply that has sufficient filtering and uh, you don't uh, operate anything outside of its ratings it's pretty cut and dried
1: Gotcha. Now, I've been meaning to ask you this. I talked to Dusty about this a little while ago. We do not I don't think anyone who knows you or your work would mix you up to be a rock fan by any means. We know you to be more interested in classical music and uh, folk music of kind. So I'm curious, as an amateur recordist yourself, what do you want to put in front of this microphone? I, I know you said... Off mic brass, but what else are you thinking about when you think putting this microphone in front of an instrument or uh,
3: some kind of source? Well, I could certainly use it on a, any of a number of things. Uh, well, acoustic guitar, if uh, if you have a somewhat bright sounding guitar, the uh, MA37 would be helpful to tame that. And it would work beautifully on uh, violins, violas, and cellos, or double basses. Uh, I would certainly be comfortable using one for, or using a pair of them for a string quartet or a piano quintet. And uh, I think they could be used very well on a symphony orchestra. Lord knows, uh, NHK in Japan did some very good recordings of orchestral music and even televised opera. With a whole bunch of C 37s, and the, the uh, MA 37s should be just as good. Well, Mr. Royer, thank you very much for, uh, for your
1: time, and I hope you had an excellent NAM. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye now. We're here with Ivana Manley on the last day of NAM. How's NAM been?
4: NAM's been rocking this year. I, I can't believe it. It's just so much activity, and I don't miss those other 100,000 people that aren't here. <laughs> All the pro audio folks are here and that's what counts.
1: You know, the beautiful thing about our side of this industry is we get to stay in this wing and not have to go to what I called yesterday hell.
4: I tell you, when we used to be in the basketball arena, the roar from halls ABCD was just so oppressive and we were screaming all day just for all that noise. It's a lot nicer to be here in the pro audio hall.
1: I know, very few people are getting nam throat this year, at least here.
4: Yeah, I've got lozenges for that.
1: <laughs> you're smarter than most. Certainly oh, man, you're smarter these, than me.
4: These holes, when I've got my mask on, I'm like baking myself up with all the menthol.
1: <laughs> I did that a few days ago. It, it was worth it.
4: <laughs> it was.
1: So we're here in front of a bunch of really cool uh, preamps and other gear of yours. What's, what are we showing here?
4: Oh, well, we got a whole bunch of Manly gear here. This is an older unit called the Manley SLAM. It's a very fast set of limiters, a FET limiter and an electro-optical limiter. The Manly Core was the first product in 2014 to incorporate our new power supply, the Manly Power power supply. And then after that, we came up with the Manly Force, which is a four-channel Mic-Pre. Sorry, the core is like a a VoxBox Junior. It's like a a combo unit, you know? A Mic-Pre EQ compressor and a very fast FET limiter. The Force is four channels of awesome Mic-Pre, high voltage, high fidelity. This is an older VoxBox here, and you can tell it's an older one with a linear power supply because it has the rotary power switch knob. All the new Vox boxes have the brand new power supply and they have the red push button switch. That's how you tell them apart. So speaking of which, here's a Manly Massive Passive here with the new power supply. And oh man, here's a variable mew. We've been building these puppies since like 1995, I think. There's a Manly New Mew, which is like a little different take on the variable mu, It's a little cleaner. So they're like they're like brothers. Oh, and there's the new 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 version of the Manly LL Plus that has a compressor and a limiter in it. It's like an LA2A type thing. Oh, and you know what? Something real cool I haven't talked about in this show. We came up with, you know okay la2as they used to use an incandescent light bulb in a panel that would respond to the light and change its resistance that's what they did in the old days and then think in the late 60s through the 70s there was a, a little device that used an led and an ldr light dependent resistor to do the same thing, but it was in a a really small little package. So we used those for many years with our LOP limiter and the box box. But guess up uh, guess what those things dried up like you couldn't get them anymore they stopped making them so guess what we had to do We had to roll our own we had to develop our own optical cells so we're producing those now and uh, they're called the deluxe module and D is for Delta like Delta Phi <laughs> That's an inside family joke
1: yes it is. So, when you were designing the power supply, I'm going to get very geeky here, what, what was your criteria for a new power supply, when, when, you, when you decided it was time?
4: Okay, how that came about was, at these shows, I became friends with Bruno Putzis, who's one of the most brilliant audio designers on the planet and he was working at the time for a a switch mode power supply company and he was also designing solid-state amplifiers and preamplifiers with these switching power supplies and he was extolling the virtues of how awesome these things are so I said hey Bruno could you design one of these power supplies for me for vacuum tubes? Like, we need 300 volts, and we need right. a lot of amperage in the heater rail and so on. So can you, like, scale it all up for vacuum tubes? He's like, yeah, I don't see why not. And so I hired him to develop this awesome power supply for us that we now call Manly Power. So it's been a, a total revolution in our world. I don't think any other high-end audio vacuum tube companies are doing this kind of technology. It's ours. But man, first thing it sounds better, okay? Let's get that out of the way. But secondly, it's very flexible. You can travel all over the world and plug it in like you would a USB charger, you know, and not worry about blowing up your your linear power supplies, So it's auto sensing on the input. And then secondly, it operates at like 125 kilohertz, something like that. And so it's well out of the audio range. So you have zero 60 hertz hum like you would with a traditional linear power supply. There's no hum in the units ever again. And, and it's lighter, it's more efficient, and oh my god i'm so grateful to have manly power running all our new stuff these days
1: i'm sure there's there's many benefits to it versus a traditional power supply as you were just talking about the one that i'm curious about is are you putting more power to the rails and giving more headroom was that Um, an ability that you were able to grant
4: the same you know we specified that the the bigger manly power, well, we have two versions. One has fewer rails on it, but the, uh, we specified it from the onset to be a 300 volt rail. Okay. And it's easier to get rid of voltage <laughs> than to bring it back. So, you know, 300 volts, if, if we only need 120 volts somewhere, we can knock that down right. with other technology. Oh uh, yeah, actually there's a 150 volt rail on this power supply as well. As well as uh, 5 volt rail and uh, plus and minus 15, I think, and then plus uh, the 6.3 volts for the heaters. We actually got off the 12 volt heater thing and, and went to the 6.3 instead. So that's why when people were like, "Oh, can I take my older box box and will you change the power supply?" It's like, eh. There's a lot of modifications you have to make in order to make the new power supply work with the old boards and circuits. So number one is like the heater strings have to all be reconfigured. You have to take all the B-rail filtering capacitors out and replace them with smaller cap. You know, there's a lot of changes. It's not just hook it up and it works.
1: Right, as nice as drop-in solutions are, I mean, realistically, you're getting way more benefit than a drop-in solution, right?
4: Well, yeah, because when we you know, incorporated the new power supplies into these older designs, we made a lot of other changes too, you know, layout changes and, you know, sometimes buildability improvements, you know, making things easier and faster to build so we could keep the price down because, you know, it's all still made in Chino, California, not China.
1: And that's, ain't that a beautiful thing?
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're what's good for America. I was, I was just talking to my international sales director, JB, and uh, he was going over our Chinese export sales numbers and oh my God, Manly Labs, we're what's good for America. We export a ton of gear to China, more than we have in the past 30 years combined seriously so thank you China for your support and uh, <laughs> I'll just say that
1: you know so many people here are getting either assembly or parts from China and here you are exporting stuff to China
4: <laughs> oh we totally export more gear to China than we buy from China that is a known fact
1: I'm here at the Austrian audio booth and uh, they have some new products going on so how are you doing today
5: I'm fine my name is Philip I'm from Austrian audio I'm product manager and I have some exciting new products for you. Um, This is the OC16, it's a large condenser uh, microphone. Um, Basically, people love our ceramic capsule that we also use in the other microphones, the OC18 uh, and the OC818. Um, Still, those microphones, even the simpler version, the OC18 uh, was the only car capsule, retail for 700, 800 bucks. We understand, for some people, that's a lot of money. Uh, so we said, uh, why not do this Vienna-made capsule into a more simple microphone so we have stripped down the mechanic a bit to a more simple design, uh, stripped down the electronic a bit so you only have uh, the hypers filter with two settings, you have no pad which is not so much of an issue because the capsule is already re- very robust against um, loud sounds um, and give it a simple spider uh, and, but still keep... The acoustics still keep this Vienna-made capsule. So this uh, little baby here retails for $399. So really a bargain in regards to the sound quality Um, and a very nice addition and um, a good starting point for people who search for high quality but can't afford the full price of an OC-18 or OC-818. Well, this is certainly a wonderful
1: product for a lot of people i know a lot of my target audience is just starting out and they want to get the best quality and best bang for the buck. so this is certainly a beautiful microphone for all of us around here and certainly for people like me maybe five six years ago
5: yeah. as well no, absolutely and i'm i'm always um, trying to put good stuff in people's hands because i say if people for example they buy a very cheap large condenser microphone and then they listen to it and they say, hey, this doesn't sound much of a difference than my good dynamic mic that I already have. He's never com- going to come back and buy a, a, a real premium product. Right. If I put good stuff for affordable, I mean, for, 400 bucks is still some money, but for an affordable price into their hands, if they at some point require all the other car to patterns, I hope they come back to us. Yeah, but uh, there's also more we should uh, take a look at. The Certainly. So this is actually the OD-5, the OD-5 is an active dynamic microphone for uh, instruments. Um, why active dynamic? So it requires phantom power, but this has, also has advantages um, because uh, we have here the high pass filter um, and this filter will sound always the same, independent of the input impedance of your mixing console, because if it's a passive version, it would alter the sound depending on the mixing console or preamp, you don't have that. Uh, also, we have amplified the signal a bit, so you don't run into any problems with long cables. For, except, uh, for example, this is why we also have a pad here, so we don't override your input in case that you have a very loud sound source, for like drums or uh, something like that. Um, we also have given it this nice little swivel joint here, so that you have the possibility to adjust the microphone to your needs, which is very handy if you have already set up all the stands and then you say, "Ah, I want to." Tilt it a little bit to the middle of the drum or more to the rim. That's very easy to do here. Um, the OD-5 is the dynamic version of the instrument microphone readers for 299 And this is the condenser version. The condenser version has a small dryer frame true condenser capsule. Um, actually, the capsule is uh, the same that we also have on the uh, CC-8. Um, that's already out for some time. But we still made the whole grill construction uh, a bit larger, so we have a good suspension here. And it's really robust, so this can take some hits from drumsticks, uh, etc., in case they happen. Also has this nice swivel joint here uh, that rotates, um, and uh, it also has the high-pass filter and a pad. The pad on the condenser is really reducing the input voltage, uh, the the voltage on the capsule, uh, which means that the capsule is less sensitive then. Uh, that's a huge advantage because this uh, condenser mic can take up to 160 dB in sound pressure level with the pad. So that's quite something. So, No kidding. <laughs> should, should not run into any problems at any time. No, not at all. Yeah. So we recommend this one um, basically for strings, wind instruments. Um, trumpet can be quite loud, for example. Um, but uh, you can also use it on toms. Um, some people like to put it on the drum kit so very multi-purpose um, we also launched um, a handheld microphone um, not sure if you're aware of our handheld range already uh, because this was released uh, during the pandemic uh, so yeah perfect timing isn't it okay. <laughs> <laughs> stage mics in a pandemic yeah nevertheless that's what it is we have a condenser uh, microphone the oc 707 um, our condenser microphone um, very nice sound signature, Uh, we have this open acoustic here uh, with this hole in here simply because it makes it a bit more difficult for the inexperienced user to cover all the back of a microphone which ruins the cutout pattern uh, and uh, also alters the sound a lot so it makes it more difficult to cover it all I mean I'm not saying it's impossible, if someone's really into it he can do it but it makes it more difficult and you have a nice transparent sound uh, with this feature. Uh, the OD, OD505 over here is the Active Dynamic version. Um, so, again, Active Dynamic. Um, again, with a high pass filter on the microphone. So, you don't have to fiddle less with the mixing console if you set it up, and with also the other benefits that you ha- get from the Active Dynamic. If you want to go for a more simple product, and this is new, we just released this today. Um, That's the od 303 so that's the passive version, Uh, so you don't need um, uh, mic uh, um, phantom power. But nevertheless, we have not compromised on the acoustic, it's the same capsule. It has the open acoustic here. Um, And also, and this is very nice, we have designed a custom-made pop filter for our dynamic microphones. Uh, so this is really distributing the air, if there comes a loud pop sound, it distributes uh, and will not all go into the capsule, makes it easier to get a good sound performance here. Yeah, these are the new products. When we were here last time at NAM we had two microphones and four headphones. Now we're here with 20 products, so yeah, quite something. Well, you know, I suppose that's the beauty of having a little
1: bit of an intermission between uh, between Nam 2020 and now.
5: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's
1: right. Yeah. Well, congratulations on all your product releases.
5: Thank you very much.
1: I'm here with Matt from Warm Audio, and we're about to talk about new gear. How are you doing today, Matt?
6: Hey, how's it going? You having a good show?
1: I'm having a great show. How about yourself?
6: We're having a great time. We're really, really excited, gra- you know, glad to be back, and uh, we're psyched to see all the people using our stuff and uh, get some great feedback.
1: Well, certainly I'm a fan of your gear as well. Now, you have some new products out and it seems you have some good microphones out this year so uh, let's talk about that.
6: We sure do, yeah, I'm super stoked on this mic. This is our WACX-12, you know, modeled after a pretty famous Austrian tube condenser microphone. Uh, when we when we came out with this microphone in our R&D process, we looked at the first original ten years of production uh, and really wanted to dial in on some of the ones that have been considered you know, kind of the sweet ones from some engineers and artists that we worked with. We're really excited to say that We are having a hard time getting them back because they sound so great. Um, They're my one of my favorite room microphones. Love it on drums. Love it a little bit back on guitar cabs, Uh, and of course it's a great vocal mic. So, yeah.
1: Wonderful. Now, when you were coming up with this idea, what? What were your considerations for doing something like this?
6: Yeah, so there's a few things to consider. We already have a 251 in our lineup, and those mics are sort of cousins, so we wanted to make sure that we capture the essence of what's different about a 12 versus a 251. Uh, it's also a nine-pattern microphone, so there's some versatility in the intermediate pattern. So, And you really, it's such a sonic legacy to live up to. You know, the 12-style microphone is of Mount Rushmore, top four. Some engineers can't live without it. Uh, and we really wanted to do it justice by, by you know, kind of hitting that tone that's known to be like really natural, uh, the sound in the room plus maybe a little pleasant high-end, and, we, and we're really psyched with sounds.
1: Gotcha. Now... I was a technician's apprentice for a long time at a repair shop so I'm, I'm always curious to hear about the internals uh, what kind of modifications have you made being that this is a modern recreation of a vintage microphone
6: sure well in terms of parts that are available we're really excited about our ami output transformer so that's you know coming from tap funkin work and for those who don't know essentially the designer of the original transformers designed the transformer that's in this microphone so we didn't spare anything on that and we're you know, we every time we make a new mic, when we think about the tubes, we don't just pick one company. We hand select the tube based on the circuit, and we're really excited with the 12AY7 that we have in here. And we're always using premium capacitors from Wima and uh, you know, polystyrene capacitors that are you know of the, of the highest quality. So, and. I can't forget the capsule, you know, the heartbeat of the microphone. We, it's our same CK-12 style capsule that we use, and the 251 and the in our 14, which is actually, it's, it's accurate, because those microphones actually did use the same capsule back in the day. So what we were trying to do is, the well, the three microphones, 14, 251, and our 12, are uh, related is a good way to say it. This one has its own unique character and we're really excited that we were able to stay true to how the original sound. Yeah,
1: That's a beautiful thing.
6: We can move over now too. Fantastic. So this is our WA-47F. Some warm super fans will know that we have a WA-47 with a tube in it. And then we have a a WA-47 Junior that is also a FET. But this is our first uh, 47 style microphone that is um, with, that has a FET and a transformer in it, because our junior is a transformerless microphone. So what's really cool about this one is that, you know we started to talk to some studio engineers and folks who are working in engineering all the time, and this is sort of like a secret weapon in the studio for kick drums, certain vocal styles, guitar cabs up close, and because the 10 dB pad on the back, when you engage that, you can, have, you can handle SPLs up to 147 dB, that's super helpful to get a lot of clarity and detail and to capture the fast transients that you want. So, killer kick drum mic. Uh, again, certain vocal styles really, really come through on this microphone and I love pairing it with like a dynamic mic on the beater uh, to get that really huge sound. Hole, so,
1: Wasn't that the beautiful thing? It's a D12 and a FF 47 is the go-to kick sound for a lot of people.
6: Yeah, we've had a bunch of people using it on that. We've used it ourselves in our own studio and when we heard that coming through the monitors, we're like, yes, that's the sound we're looking for. And actually, I like to tell the story in our R&D process on this mic we had some pre-release versions come out and you know we didn't on our first try we didn't nail the circuit on the first try and we got some people come back and say where are the low mids at you know and we went and tweaked it and tweaked it and we were fortunate enough to work with some awesome engineers who had some nice old seventy seventy one models that were like you I don't I'm not sending it back you know <laughs> you got it right so we're excited about this one.
1: Cool. And then same thing as the last one. What were the component choices for you guys this time around?
6: Sure. So we went with uh, AMI again on the output transformer. And, uh, you know, I I should know this. I'm 99.9% sure, but we have Fairchild transistors in this bad boy. Actually, now I am sure. I wrote all that. There's actually actually seven transistors in this. Excuse me. There's seven FETs in this microphone, and uh, five of them are uh, Fairchild transistors. And it's really, again, when you're going and you're switching, through uh some of these premium components it's about getting the sound of the microphone right. and and you know really it's about pleasing engineers and artists because at the end of the day that's really what matters what kind of results are you getting what are you hearing through the speakers so we're really psyched about ami we're really oh and our capsule man i keep forgetting the capsule today guys so this is our k47 style capsule very similar to the one we use in the 47 with the two but it is a cardioid only microphone so it's single-sided um, but again for that focus tone it's killer
1: well, you know, like we were saying, a 47 is one of the secret weapons of audio production everywhere. Yeah. So, I, th- I think this is uh, this is going to be a really cool microphone, and I'm excited to check it out in my own studio.
6: Yeah, man, we're, we're really excited. Both our new mics, nothing quite like it, and uh, we're excited that we're kind of just expanding out, you know, outfitting the recording studio. So, yeah.
1: Well, beautiful, man. I'm excited to hear these new microphones, and uh, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a great show. You too. I'm here with Terry Morton of Morton, Morton Microphone Systems, and we're here to talk about the Kicktone, their release for NAM. How
7: you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Appreciate you guys uh, coming out and taking a look.
1: Well, we're having fun at NAM 2022. So the Kicktone, it is a dual element bass drum microphone with a few different mounting systems. Um, what, what was the impetus to come up for this product?
7: Sure. So I'm a drummer and an engineer, right? You put the two together and this is what you get. You know, so the idea behind the microphone was to create a solution with one mic rather than many mics. Um, when people see this, they typically look at it and go, "Hey, that's just another sub kick mic, right?" But here's the difference: a sub kick mic will typically sit in front of the of the head, right? Um, it's it's an extension mic. It's really used in tandem with multiple microphones. Our mic doesn't do that. It's um, it's going to sit in front of the head, or the hole, excuse me. Um, and it has a second transducer that's designed to capture the high frequencies and then your woofer to capture the sub. So you're really getting more of a full range sound from it. Um, and of course the big difference is that you're getting high SPL air movement through it. So the mic, as you can see, is designed with ports to, to have that air flow through. So you're getting a much punchier sound than you would from like a subkick or a subkick style microphone. That's really the gist of what the microphone is.
1: Right. Really you're not getting just one thing. You're you're not doing a one trick pony. You're getting the best of everything that you can think of when it comes to a bass drum microphone.
7: Exactly, exactly. And you know, it's great on other Sources that are high SPL and, and, and low frequencies. So a bass or, you know, under, say, the low keys of a piano or anything like that.
1: I could certainly see this, as, I, as I've said to you before, I, I can definitely see this as a low rotor on a Leslie speaker covering the bass frequencies of that as well.
7: Absolutely, absolutely. It can be used in a lot of situations. Um, I think one of the... Um, other things about it is the mounting, the, the multiple mounting options as well. We're so, piggybacking on an already well-known product called the Kickport. Right. Right. So we designed a bracket that would slide on top of it. So we're creating a stainless solution. right? So I'll show you real quickly. So there you go. So you got a really easy mounting situation, right? So in a live situation, this is great. Because you don't want to spend a ton of time setting up a bunch of mics and having them move around and, and things like that so you put this it always stays there you're always getting the consistent hit
1: well in a lot of ways you could really just pack up your drum in the case with the kick tone on it
7: yeah absolutely let's see why not i mean you know it's so it's very portable it's very great you know in, in live situations so. well in
1: studio situations too i know primarily i'm a studio guy these days and I, I look at this and I can think, well, you know, how many times have you tripped over cables and stands that you wish weren't there but you had to have them, and this you've kind of eliminated the, the need for a stand or three on a bass drum.
7: Absolutely. The other thing is, is you're not blocking your logo, right? Everybody needs to see your band logo or whatever on the head, well, on so. The stage, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, this is pretty low profile, it's black. You know, if you got a black head, it just blends right in. So you know, we're not focused
1: on that, right? So. Exactly. Well, it was a very cool product, and I'm excited to see more from Morton Microphone Systems. All right, man. Terry Morton, thank you for being
7: on. Appreciate it. All right, have a great
1: show. You too. I've had a lot of fun presenting this to you. Presenting my trip down to Anaheim for NAMM 2022. This has been a lot of fun to share what we got to see just a couple of short months ago. I'm sorry, technical difficulty has prevented us from releasing this for as long as it has been. But now we are back up and running and we are ready to show our Nam coverage to the world. So tune in next time for part
0: two of our Ready to Record Nam 2022
1: coverage for now this is daniel the d3 cohen signing off from blue girl productions worldwide headquarters and studios right here in san francisco california we're ready to
5: record